Shop Amazon for last-minute gifts. Great deals for everyone on your list. Gifts for mom and gifts for dad. Even for your sister and your brother, Chad. Ah, shoot, we didn't realize we were supposed to get a gift for our dog walker guy. We almost forgot about our dentist, Dr. Kerr. We didn't expect to get a gift from her. Or our cousin, I forget his name. He got us something nice, better reciprocate. For last-minute deals on gifts for people you forgot. Get past the free shipping at Amazon. I'm Cameron Strang, and before I introduce people or they interrupt me, I'm going to tell you that today's show is brought to you by World Vision and their upcoming initiative, Global 6K for Water. World Vision's Global 6K for Water is a one-day event where people from all over the world walk and run 6K in their own neighborhoods to bring lasting clean water to children in need. Every step you take is one they won't have to. Now, why 6K and not 5? 6K is the average distance women and kids in the developing world have to walk to get clean water. And when you walk or run World Vision's Global 6K for Water, you provide life-changing clean water to one person in need through your registration fee. So no matter where you walk or run, you'll be celebrating lives changed. How cool is that? Uh, Big announcement on Friday's episode of the Relevant Podcast. Not today's, but Friday's episode. (laughs) Not only about the 6K, but about Team Relevant and how you can join us in participating. We'll give you all the information on Friday's Relevant Podcast. Like I said... Follow-up question. Like I said, I'm Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studio on the ones and twos, our illustrious engineer, my brother Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Gatorland, Florida, Eddie Big Hat Koffeltz. I'm not going to forget my point that I'm about to make. Keep going. And all the way from Nashville, (laughs) Tennessee, author, speaker, podcaster, Runner extraordinaire, Annie oh. F. Downs. Yeah, yeah. Good morning, Jets. You, you threw me off there, Cam. <laughs> well, are you, I mean, it's are you a, a big, runner? It, no, well, it's, it's running but I will season be for Team yeah. Relevant. That's, That's what right. I'm saying. Team All right, player. Eddie, Team player. Eddie, what did you need to tell me? What was your How point? much water do you think you'll be consuming during the race? Is the whole thing just net zero? I I am working. Oh I am working no. on. Okay. I, I, I have a very experimental uh, training regiment uh, that is. I'm busting the myth of running hydration, yeah. um, where I I you know consume very little except for pasta. You, uh, all the moisture yeah. I need was used when those Just pasta noodles pasta. were boiled. Uh, you can get through a 6K without water, can't you? Yeah, I think so. Probably. I mean, probably. It's it's less than an hour of your time, and you can live an hour without water. All right. Well, oh, okay. Well, listen, we have a great show for everyone today. This is Coming usually up an later, edit point in the show. Joel McHale <laughs> joins us. Uh, uh, mm. Tyler uh, Daswick, one of our uh, writers, joins us uh, to tell us about the Joel McHale interview and some clips from I that. Love Joel McHale. Uh, he's a comedian and actor. And here's the thing. You know, he did The Soup. He did Community. He talks yeah. about his faith and why the church is so yeah. important to him. He's uh, currently on a massive cross-country comedy tour. So Joel McHale is joining us later. He's you so funny. Miss that. He hey, is funny. Uh, this is a live podcast. If you are uh, watching, um, we are streaming it on Periscope. Uh, we're on YouTube and on the relevant 
Facebook page. Uh, if you want to comment and interact with the, the cast, uh, head over to the Facebook feed. Uh, go to Rebel Magazine's Facebook page and uh, chime in right there. We have a lot of Eddie, fun. check your face right now. Check your face oh, right now. No, no, I'm already, I was just, I was <laughs> Facebooking with people. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Annie told me before the show that I do not have the most pleasant resting face. And she used a different word that was very off brand and it hurt my feelings. I will say this. I will say this. We can. I would agree with Annie if you just didn't use the word resting. I think unpleasant face. Yeah, I'm fine. I think I have an unpleasant face as well. But I'm sitting here and all of a sudden I see. The ring light really brings it out is the problem. The ring light really brings it to the forefront. I'm not even using a ring light anymore. This is just my glow. What? Eddie. You're no, lying. I'm, I'm lying. Oh, Eddie, yeah, I'm lying. I have to tell you, the reason why she's a little edgier today is Annie just got back on a red eye from L.A. And That's she's right. just a little punchy very, this morning. I'm a little punchy, yeah. <laughs> Did you I'm meet anybody, anybody cool out there? Anybody handsome? I did. I saw Ben Higgins, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> the Bachelor. Can you believe I think it? There's a couple I texted bachelor. all of you immediately. You, 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 so you, was this trip only to go visit Ben Higgins, former no, bachelor no. turned entrepreneur? <laughs> no, we was just this... both happened to be on Hallmark Home and Family, which is airing literally right now as we're talking. We were both on the same episode of Hallmark Home and Family. And so as soon as I got there, I, I said to the producer guy, I said, or yeah, I said to the guy, hey, who else is on the show today? Because I always love who else, whoever is yeah. on the episode with me. Yeah. And he was like, this guy, this guy, Ben Higgins. He actually oh said, our two big names are da-da-da and Ben Higgins. I was like, rude, I am right here in the golf cart with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you get the vapors when you met yeah. Ben? No, no, no. And he was so nice. He was so, I mean, he, we, like we, he knew kind of who I was since we've already scheduled him for my show, for my podcast. And so I was just like, I can't believe we're both here. I, you know, he was so, really nice. It so was great. A lot of, a lot of people myself included get sometimes mixed up between lifetime channel and hallmark channel now how i remember them is lifetime channel most of the films are about murders hallmark they're mostly about horses and that's how you know which channel now if it's about a horse murder Oh, it could go it's, either way. It's well, well, right. there's, there's, the there's a Godfather. There's, yeah. there's yeah. a movies yeah. and mysteries yeah. one. On it's like when the Globetrotters sh- showed up on Scooby Doo. Yeah. Oh, Gilligan's like yeah, yeah, going yeah, back yeah. and yeah. forth. Somehow the Globetrotters <laughs> shipwrecked and were rescued from Gilligan's <laughs> Island. Right, Played right, a charity right, right. basketball game. Yeah, the the cast of the USS Minnow stayed there for Saves. years. It's yes. weird. You're, you're bringing up the hot points, Jesse. I mean, this is this is what everybody's curious about. Everyone tunes in for the latest culture references, and yes, the Globetrotters and Gilligan's Island. Annie, one of my favorite things about doing the Tuesday morning live show is we can actually talk about things that happened yesterday and Mm. it's current. Monday. Come on, Cameron. Did you see The Bachelor last night? No, because I was in an airplane. I, I landed back in Nashville at midnight, so I did not you see know, it. Tell me, I, you I, know, well, I'm surprised. There are, that, there are airplanes now that have televisions. In them. I know. I looked. It didn't have. Okay. Don't be rude. Right, it didn't right. have ABC. It had NBC. It had ESPN. It had all these other live things. It did not have ABC. Okay. For some I'm reason. surprised they weren't Sir. flying. And the captain's like, "Hello, this is your captain speaking. We are making an emergency <laughs> landing. Colton is jumping the fence. <laughs> he is jumping the fence. fence. We want you guys we to be will. able to see it." Yeah, it, seat it, backs, tray tables up. We're coming down quick. Yeah. To be fair, I probably should have looked on my phone. I didn't, and I should have tried to log in on my phone. I, I, I retract my. I looked everywhere. I just looked on the TV screen in front of me. Because yeah. you watched uh, soccer on the way out, we know that. Yeah. Yes, I did. He did. Uh, Colton did indeed Busted. jump the fence last night. And oh uh, it, it tell me a, why, Cameron. Recap it for me because it I'm so sad dramatic. I missed it, and I want your retelling. Well, well, first of all, there's going to be 
like as it right after it happened. No, we get the, it's not a it wasn't a cliffhanger like did he or didn't he? He did. We saw he it happen, it. and then yeah. to be continued comes on, you know. And so, wait, do you know why he jumped though? Yes, because okay, why, okay why, so. Why, why, why? The it was house fantasy. was on fire. Literally, was, the bachelor mansion oh, caught on the mansion, fire, I and hope not. most it of was, the contestants died of smoke inhalation. It was, Cole it was it out. <laughs> there's three people left, you know, and then, right, then sure. it gets into the dirty stuff where they do the fantasy suites. We don't condone right. these episodes. You know what I'm saying? I believe Actually, Ben Higgins did not. Right? No, huh? Ben Higgins didn't go to the fantasy suite. He was one of the ones, so they cannot go. No, that. Yeah, they can choose to not go. They have two separate rooms and then they get given at their fancy dinner right. a card that says, if you choose to forego your separate rooms, here's a key to the fantasy suite. And I um, don't think Ben Higgins didn't go to the fantasy suite. I think he was very clear about the fantasy suite oh, activities. Rules. That's great. Yes. That's right. Because you still got to go because at least they're going to have free snacks there and stuff. I mean, what, what, what if your fantasy is to build like a sweet Lego set or something? You can go there. And <laughs> right. You just walk in and it's just. No, I mean, it's only for people. With, Lego store. I, mean, and an I, Apple I don't store. know what y'all's fantasies are, but mine are very wholesome. Yeah. The, the irony to what you just <laughs> require said. require a sweet's worth of room to participate in. Yeah. The irony of what you just said is while I was watching The Bachelor, I was building a Lego set. That was really weird. <laughs> I really was. Um, yeah, so perfectly normal. Yeah, so, uh, no, so the first one, you know, whatever. And then the second girl, he was, uh, the, 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 the one that we talked about in recent weeks that is also on the Christian dating yeah, reality yeah, series. Cassie. Uh, web, Cassie, yeah. yeah. She went to Biola and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it, now, now she's up, okay? Sure. And on the hometown. Wait, on the first one, did they no. fantasy suite? No. Okay. They, <laughs> they, they, they talked all night and had a nice breakfast. So, um, oh, see, now that's a nice fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's the thing for for the ones who who aren't going to do who are want to talk. They have all this time yeah. without cameras. And so, so yeah. apparently that's the reason to say yes, even if you aren't going to sleep together, because okay. you have all this time without cameras. Okay. For, like we need to elite. talk around it. Like I, so, I had to jump no, the fence on that. Go ahead. No, okay. thank I, thought, you. I thought it was like a LARPing situation, like literal <laughs> fantasy. Like, so like here's, Tolkien. here's the, here's what, the, what are you saying happens going on? <laughs> Here's Annie. the tawdry foreshadowing is like he he realized after the first girl, he's not in love with her. So he didn't want to go that direction. with sure. no, He wanted right. to sure. wait for a girl he was in love with. Right. Well, now yeah. he's setting okay. up the Cassie part of the episode and he's saying, I've fallen in love with her. I am in love with Cassie. And tonight is what this whole journey has been leading to. And I can't wait for tonight. And he's lighting candles. Okay. It's all okay. on the table. Oh, okay. It's all. okay. Okay. So then while he's getting excited for their date, Cassie, if you remember during hometowns, Annie. Yeah. When they went to Cassie's house and Colton meets the family and goes and asks dad for permission to yeah. ask for her hand in marriage, dad said no. Right. Remember? What? Oh, no. Dad wow. said Why? that they're a strong Christian family because and he said marriage is, marriage is forever. And I don't believe that in these in this environment and the way you've met him, that you are at the point where you can commit your life to him. And no, I'm not going to give you my blessing. It's too soon. That's what he said. It's too soon. And she like ripped off her purity ring and sent it to Gloria Steinem. Yeah. So, (laughs) so, so anyway, while they're off in some foreign land. Okay. This is like a a resort in like all the, it was not in English. Okay. I don't know where they were. And so they're somewhere else in the world. And while they're showing how Colton's getting excited for tonight's date, Knock, knock, knock at Cassie's door. 
It's she dad. opens it. It's her dad. You're uh, lying to Sometimes my face. the shows write themselves. Her How dad, did the dad get the address? And he's like, you forfeited your inheritance of Thomas Kincaid paintings. How dare you? <laughs> yeah. Dad shows up. They dad have a heart up. to heart. He's just reminding her of her worth. And if she's oh. hesitant at all, oh, that boy. she needs to stand firm in her conviction that she's worth waiting for and she doesn't need to feel pressure all this stuff great see, great moment Cassie's dad, yeah so, i did see someone say last night that cassie's dad was the best dad we've ever seen on bachelor and and so she's like really conflicted because she has strong feelings for him but also knows that in her gut like it's not the right circumstances for a lifelong commitment okay sure. so then she goes to the dinner and they're just chatting on the porch and and mm. she tells the camera before they go I've got to end this and I know I have to end this. Oh, and so my gosh. they sit down and it is the most Keep torturous. Going, I'm so stressed. It's Keep the going. most torturous thing where she's having to tell him. He's trying to say to her, he says to her, I love you. And he's trying to woo her into the fantasy evening. And she's having to say to him, I'm not there yet. And I don't know that I can go through with this. And I, and he then are you, he said, answer me this. Are you planning to leave tonight? And she said, yes. And she starts his Lego set right there into a million pieces. He starts, (laughs) he starts shaking. And then then they order, he ordered a breakfast. He loves her so much. He starts shaking, like trembling physically, not hands trembling. The body was trembling. Remember, they were doing like a fantasy LARPing thing. So he's dressed as a wizard right now. (laughs) This is the fantasy suit. So, so he's shaking and stuff. She, then it gets kind of sad where you could see, like she goes to hug him and you can see on her face, like she's pitying him. Like, Oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and he's just losing it. She's like, yeah. And it's Ooh. like, hold it together there, bro. And, um, and she kind of oh, like, awesome. he walks her out, whatever. And he goes, and she drives away. She's upset. I mean, she's, did I make the right decision on this stuff? Sure, and sure, then sure. they go back to him and he's just like, I'm over this. He throws a couple things and then they're like, Hey, Hey, where are you? And like, you can tell he's going off the reservation because the cameras weren't ready. The lighting wasn't ready. He's just like, get out getting away from here he pushes the camera out of his way and then they go and get you hear on the thing like i was gonna say they have to call chris like, harrison they like, gotta call somebody chris get, harrison. you can hear a producer on the walkies going somebody get chris somebody get chris and then you oh. see chris like running toward it. hey colton hey Colton, and then he sprints and scales a 15 foot in his larping outfit a 15 <laughs> foot metal fence just swoop, he's gone they finally get it open because it's like a slow yeah, gate, like, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, and then by the time they finally are able to get out there, he is off. It's a dirt road in the foreign country, completely in the cloud of so darkness, dumb. and they cannot find him and then, been boom, oh. to be continued. They're going to be milking this thing for four months. I'm telling you, like it is like then they're like next week on a seven hour special episode and a live audience talking about the seven hour episode and then a back to back night, seven hour. I was like, come on. So this conversation has reminded me that I definitely can't start watching this show because it is because it's amazing. Why? Right. Like we want to go. We want to goof on it. But also (laughs) I've been so into this. This is the most interesting front matter conversation we've ever had on the show. I'm 100 percent curious what happens. I want to know where he went. And I I can't know till next week. Here's the crazy thing. And I didn't say this when they were talking, when he was trembling, when he was trying to convince her of his love for her, he literally said to her. I like 
I want it to be you at the end of this. I want to get engaged Ugh. to you. And he said, but if you don't want to get engaged oh. yet, that's fine. I don't want to rush you. We don't have to get engaged, but I want it to be you. He basically <laughs> yeah. said on the show, the other two girls don't have a run, aren't in yeah. the running. Now she's off the show. What's going to happen in the finale? Is he going to just like go for sloppy seconds? I have to watch this show. Like I'm going to it's watch. I mean, this yeah, thing sounds great. incredibly terrible and wonderful. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's the worst of American culture. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a it, strong. I feel like that's a very strong statement. What, what do you feel like, like worse is worse? American culture. What do you feel like is worse than uh, a reality well, show that makes light of of a, the the sacrament of marriage? And, and feel free to get into <laughs> well, yeah, politics. There's like ninety day want, fiance. There's and th- I can I can hear you that this category of show is terrible. There are way worse shows in this particular oh, the, category. You're talking of about show. the raunchy ones, like the the Temptation Island type stuff. Temptation Island. I think oh, yeah. Bachelor in Paradise. I don't watch any of that stuff batch yeah. I, I but also i will tell you i feel like i've told you this before but the very last episode where we watch it live and there's a studio audience and then they come out always feels like the capital in hunger games to me <laughs> where i'm like oh yeah this is the end of time okay the, the, this is the, the last, end of our culture the last time i watched one of these reality dating shows i think was joe millionaire just for the big <laughs> oh reveal my gosh. when the right? handsome dude was like so real talk, I'm a plumber. My house is being foreclosed on and I owe the IRS a substantial <laughs> amount of money. Will yeah. you marry me? Like that was what <laughs> I want to see. I want to see, you know, if they're really, if they really love this poor guy who, who went through it. I, I feel like there needs to be more twists in these shows. Like uh-huh. I don't want just straight up dating. That's no fun to me. I want to see something with a radical twist. I just to love- humiliate <laughs> lots of people. Do you remember when we watched like Real World and Road Rules when we were kids? Yes, and it was like, I and it was like shockingly, it was like, a, it, you couldn't believe this was on TV and that we were seeing uh-huh. like this level of reality. And now that show would just be on the Disney Channel in the afternoon. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> it's a, yeah. It's like, it's 100% right. Who left their towels in the dryer? Do, yeah. do, 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 do. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. heighten the drama so much. You oh know? my gosh. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. Man, stuff. I did love those shows though. Oh yeah, Julie and Eric on the first season. They oh, were like they were on. like a, Sam and Diane, man. <laughs> oh, I hated it. I hated all of it. I needed a twist. Did you? I needed, you hated all of it? I hated all of it. There was no point. Puck? Like at least at least when like Survivor rolled around, someone was getting voted off and it was awkward. And yeah. like there was a like if my reality show doesn't have the potential of the cutaway of like, you know, here's the only kind that I like that, you know, any episode that can be like coming up after the break and you see the contestants gasping and a medevac helicopter flying off. I mean, into that the happened distance. a time or 12 on real world. I'll well, tell you that. So but. Jesse, you didn't like the real world because nobody got voted off. There's no big twist. But if you go back to early real world, like I'm talking like 1990, like when they started the show, it was we're going to take a collection of people similar ages from very different ideological backgrounds. So we had the conservative Mormon girl and the black activist and like, let's put them in a room in a house together and like, just see what happens. And the girl with Lyme disease. Right, right. It was, it was compelling because it was like human drama. (laughs) But that was just like going to school for me. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) (laughs) these, these people with different values sitting in close proximity all day. And it's like, that's literally high school. (laughs) And it 
was fine. That's a good it point. It was totally fine. That's you a know good what point. I mean? yeah. Like, we're not even adults. We're teenagers, and I know how to respect the person who thinks d- slightly differently about the world than me without throwing a you know bowl of noodles in their face. Yeah. You know, in a, in a hot tub. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there are right. adults. A lot of hot tubbing, you you should sure. be able to be put in. That's most workplaces. Oh, what's going to happen when we put these people with from different ages of different ethnicities of different value systems in close proximity all day go to any office like i can literally <laughs> go to TurboTax, and you're describing the plot of the real world there they seem to be getting along just fine just fine so that's why after a few seasons you know it got like oh this is too yeah. this isn't this isn't compelling enough now we got to add some twists we got to have yeah. some votes, some, some, yeah, I got right. it. Yeah. And so yeah, they, 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 so then they did road the, rules. It was kind of like, yeah. okay, well, we'll do this whole thing, right. except now they got to all play games against each other. No, but the even, producers, the hierarchy for the producers was, okay, we have a normal house, not enough drama. Add a hot tub, slightly more drama. Add a full bar. There's a lot more drama. Add some sort of voting system. You know, more drama. Add the requirement that someone gets medevaced, helicoptered out of here right. at some right. point in the season. That's drama. They, you know, it just got worse and worse as they went on. You know, yeah. it just got further and further from reality. Yeah. You That's- know, the guy, the cowboy from the first season, he's a youth director now. Like he's like in a church. I really? feel cool. Yeah. I don't know why that <laughs> seems like. So you're, te- so, so you're telling but, me that a person who's the whole premise from the show is an average person from an average background ended up with an average job. Wow. <laughs> shocking. <laughs> what a revolutionary <laughs> idea that show is. Well, because now there's so many of those road rules people who have like made a living being on reality TV shows. Oh, on yeah. MC- I mean, there's like, 35, 40 year old dudes that are still doing those contest shows. Get out of here. Well, and they yeah, do like huh. signings and they'll like have fan events. Yeah. They get paid to do autographs and they really can milk it for a long time with just appearances and stuff. Right. Yeah. Hold on. Right. But have you seen that scary show on Netflix with Coach Taylor? I forget what it's called. It's like Bloodline. Yeah. Bloodline. That yeah. is very scary. That's it's a good a word good for show. Bloodline. Yeah. It's terrifying. His, his wife on that show was like in the first or second like uh, season of Real World. Like these, these people show up show. everywhere. Yeah. Wait, what are you saying to me? Yeah, Jan- She's Jan- from Road Rules or Real World, Janelle I'll or something. Back. I forget I'm her name. I'm gonna need a quick timeout while I pull up my phone and Google the She's heck like, out of that. What? Eng- She's like English or Australian or something though. Wow. Yeah, I, I guess I guess I just never found it interesting. Like I said, like the premise, like what happened? Yeah. Well, what was the original promise? Of what happens when people stop being polite and start being real? real? You know, real. That, be, of course you, that doesn't yeah. matter to you, Jesse, because you had the weirdest. You did the weirdest stuff in college. No, listen, TV would never like, entertain you. Listen, 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 yeah, it's such weird. Th- <laughs> <laughs> when people stop getting stop being polite and start being real, you know what that's code for? Public what? transportation. Okay, it's the same <laughs> promise. Okay, just put. People People on a bus and see right. if they act kindly to each other. Now, if you put a hot tub on the bus, yeah, again, you and, might and see a, some more and, drama. And a, right. and a full bar. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting bus ride. And Lyme disease. Yeah. Now we have kind of a rolling limo situation. You just have the the bus full of ticks. Just a ton of ticks. Yeah, you can't not get Lyme disease in this show we've created. I still remember. Coach Taylor's wife in Bloodlines is Jacinda. Jacinda, that's right. Jacinda, (laughs) she is she is Jacinda, and she was on Real World London in 1995. Wow, 15 years old, 15 years old, little Eddie watching London, figuring out how to stop being polite. I hate to say this, I hate to say this, Annie and Eddie, but that literally does nothing for me. All right, well, moving the show along. That is that is the most reality TV talk we've ever done to start a podcast. Uh, yeah, we really is, 
Dominator. Having a great time with it. It is time for slices. <laughs> uh, what do you What do you have, Jesse? Okay, so uh, I had the results of what I think is kind of an interesting survey about, um, you know, it looked at non-Christians and lapsed believers. Like, so people that are either don't believe in God or are not, you know, they don't call themselves Christians or they used to call themselves Christians. And the I didn't, goal I didn't of this... Hear, I didn't hear the D enunciated very well. And I thought you said it was the lapse of believers and like lapse, like their lapse. I was like, what? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So if it's, they're very uh, warm and snuggly um, and they, they, (laughs) it's the highest percentage of mall Santa Clauses are people who used to be Christians. It's a fascinating, fascinating, the lapse of believers. Yeah, <laughs> lapsed, <laughs> lapsed Christians. <laughs> I would like Barna. You know, it's weird. Barna's never done a survey about the lapse of non-Christians. The lapse of Christians. Yeah, yeah I, talking about yikes. yeah people leaving curiously, the church. curiously absent from their research. Um, <laughs> but they looked at these two groups and they wanted to figure out if they're actually willing to have conversations about faith. Um, and they uh, surprisingly, mo- more than half, actually said they were uh, really wanted to talk. 62% really wanted to talk to a Christian or a family member about Christianity, but it was with one caveat. It was with someone who would listen without judgment. Now, oh, the, wow. so now the problem is there hmm. that they said that they only, um, uh, only 34% said they knew a Christian who would be willing to talk to them about faith without judgment. So they also asked them, um, if they would want to talk to, they, they reframe the questions like, um, for another way they would want to talk about, uh, faith in Christianity. So this is non-believers and people who used to be Christians. Half of them said they were totally willing to talk and actually wanted to talk to a Christian, uh, about faith and, uh, ideas about God. But the caveat there was if they knew that the conversation wouldn't force them into a conclusion. So they want, uh-huh. so more than ha- half of the people in that demographic who are either non-Christians or used to be a Christian, want to have a conversation with a Christian, but the caveat is they don't want to be forced into a conclusion and they have to have some assurance that the person talking to them is going to be non-judgmental. Now, uh, only 26% said that they knew a, a practicing Christian who'd be willing to have a conversation with them and not wow. force a conclusion. Wow. So it's pretty, I mean, I, because I think, I think for people who are Christians and who a lot of the people they act, interact with are Christians, they probably assume that people who believe differently, it's just off the table, right? That people don't want to have those conversations. You're going to make them uncomfortable. You don't know what, especially people who are lapsed Christians, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't want to, to sit on their lap and just have a heart to heart with them. No, right. um, no, but you would assume like, well, maybe they have some sort of baggage, right? Like maybe they were hurt by the church or, or, or maybe they came from, you know, there's ties to like a family situation or whatever. But for whatever reason, you just assume they don't want to talk about faith. According to this research, more than half do. They actively want to have these conversations, but they are just afraid that if they talk to a Christian, they're going to get judged or that Christian at the end of the conversation is going to pull like the Ray Comfort, you know, Kirk Cameron thing where they force them into some sort of dramatic conclusion and aren't willing just to leave the conversation open-ended. 
Um, so someone um, from Barna, you know, they said, uh, allowing the other person to draw their own conclusion opens the possibility that they may leave the conversation without uh, making a decision for Christ, uh, obviously. But, uh, you know, too many Christians look at every conversations, uh, you know, the, the what the implication is too many look at them as just like a purely evangelistic effort instead of saying, hey, maybe this is like a conversation where we can just kind of talk about some of the difficulties you had it's like that billy graham quote you know it's uh you know um god's job to judge the holy spirit's job to convict and it's my job to love you know like let allow the holy spirit to do somewhat of the work here and if the person ends up wanting to come to a conclusion it's not our job to try to convert people our job is to make disciples and that starts with having conversations that you know are are profound without the need for some hard conclusion. You know where they had profound conversations like this was the 1992 season of The Real World. <laughs> where, <laughs> hey, I'll say this, they stopped getting polite and they started getting real. Started getting real. Also on the public bus to the way to the real world. It was the exact same thing. People from all different backgrounds. It's just not as good looking. I have a two for a two. Oh, wow. I feel, um, uh, Wait, I don't, do on. we not get to talk okay. about that one? Hold yeah, on, we'll you, talk can't, about it. you Eddie, can't Eddie. just be the alpha and omega of your own slice. You've got okay. to yes, give us a little bit Jesse, please. We heard Cameron's insight into this one. That it made for a good season of the real world. Because they did have a, uh, someone who later be a youth pastor. Annie and Eddie, what are your thoughts about that research? <laughs> Eddie has lots of or thoughts. Or laps yeah, of You're smarter. And if yeah. we're going to run out of time, I want it to be you. What do you have to no, say? No, no, no. I, I would say this is a, this is a very complicated research because that I am a hundred percent in agreement. And also people do need to make a decision. And so it's a very challenging piece of research for me because I like having conversations where I, where people, I don't want to be in a conversation where by the end of it, I'm going to be forced to make a decision one way or the other about anything. Like I, I want to have conversations where we talk through things. I also think that, that you don't know what tomorrow holds and, and you want to, you want yeah. to make a decision, but 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 let me ask. Like so, like let the in put that into practice, right? So someone who comes to you and says, Annie, I am not a believer, but I want to know about your faith. Knowing this yeah. research, that most likely the reason they haven't engaged is because they think you're going to force them into making some decision. Do you feel right. an obligation at the conclusion of the conversation to try to make them to make a decision right then and there? Almost never. But I'm not sure I'm right to feel that way. Hmm. I mean, I, I I think that's real. I mean, I, when I was watching the 1993 episode or oh, uh, season of the, I, yeah, I, I remember that they were in the hot tub. Eddie, I think. Eddie yeah. what are your I, thoughts? Well, I, I just they were think drinking daiquiris in the hot tub, <laughs> like I, and which is not you, a good idea. You, no. Body temperature all messed up. Um, Okay, sorry, Eddie. No, I just think it's... I mean, I think of it personally, like, I am uncomfortable even trying, like, a new gym or something, because I just dislike being sold so much. And it's that's something as, like, silly as a gym. Like, I totally get, like, being nervous about wanting to not engage in a conversation about eternity and faith and things like that. But I also see how important it is. But, like, also, I think it underscores the importance of stuff... I mean the four of us get to do and that a lot of people get to do because I I know a lot of people who do not trust Jesus, but will come and listen to a podcast because the podcast isn't going to talk back to them, but at least they get to peer in and hear a little bit, you know, I mean, how many people, Cameron, you must've gotten a bazillion emails over the years of people who picked up relevant, 
and have been reading it for years. And it was like a major conversion. I've gotten it with activists like people just feel safe with that, you know, that one way medium. But then at the same time, it ends up being really powerful for them. Yeah, I it's it's tough. I mean, Annie, you're, like your point, like <laughs> I kind of. I guess like any convert, I, I have a lot of friends who believe differently and we talk about faith and values a lot, but I guess, and maybe I'm in the wrong because I never feel like the implication would be like, okay, now are you ready to say a prayer with me? You know what I mean? Like, right. I mean, I pray that one day they would be revealed the truth and it would, you know, they would be able, it would be able to impact their lives. But I guess I never really have that compulsion at the end. Like I'll be like, well, God will let them either. make that decision. You know, I don't either. Yeah. But like I, I, either, said, I, I just like, am not sure we're right to never think I, I, that's the, that's where I am yeah, is yeah. I don't and I'm not sure I'm right. right. Yeah. I just like the way Young Life has like because I, I grew up in Young Life and was taught by Young Life. And they're just so like get into authentic, deep relationship with people that isn't based on like this transactional thing. Like we're right. just and when all the kids yeah. go to camp, they give them an offer. Right. But it's really, really but well in a hot tub to be fair. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> I'll buy this. No, no, hey, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Sorry, you don't no, need no, to be no, sorry. No, no. Yeah. But like the the leader's job is just to really be authentically relational and know that the, like the kids at some point are going to start asking questions. And right. But you, I don't think you can paint Young Life like they never make the offer. Oh, no, they, they do. do. They make it strongly. But I think that yes. it's like that. But so that's what I'm saying is like I like that kind of opportunity to like engage like bring someone to a church that i trust or because yeah. i just always feel awkward in that one-to-one like hey have, read this tract and then get yeah. back to me kind yeah. of moment yeah. but some people like that's their authentic language and it works really well for them so i don't think i'm right i just yeah. i i guess i agree i feel weird yeah. too but it didn't make it right and I'm not necessarily like endorsing the implications of the research. I'm just saying that's what the research says that the people in that situation want. They want to know right. that they can be have a conversation without judgment and not be forced to make a decision, you know, yeah. and maybe that's a good starting point. I mean, that at least we know what they're thinking, according to the research. You know, I yep. did have one other little twofer mm. um, that I'll keep this moving because we've had we had a long reality show run up today um, <laughs> a guy in Oregon was off-roading and he got stuck in the woods in his truck for five days. He uh-huh. almost starved to death. If it wasn't oh for one thing he had in his car that saved his life. I do you love guys know what it is? I do, well, but oh I don't gosh. want to take your punchline. I line. don't know what it is. I have is. no idea. He had a glove box full of Taco Bell hot sauce packets <laughs> and it saved his life. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. You were not for telling five me the truth. days on he Taco Bell hot packets. Sauce? He well, ate hot sauce for five days and, and the police are like, it might've saved his life. I'll I say. mean, for any, I mean, I fasted for five days. He could go five days without food. It's the yeah, water. Right. It's the water issue. I mean, so, yeah, so yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. he's getting his uh, hydration from the hot sauce. Yeah. You can't maybe. go more than a six K without water. It's completely impossible. Here's, here's <laughs> what I'm saying. Here's, so Cameron, you, you could go without food for five days. If you had the option of going out, going without food and, and water or, or, or just going without food or going, with Taco Bell hot sauce, you would take just the no food. You would not want the hot sauce. No, because you can't get that out of your mouth. I mean, you're burning. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm just, doing nothing. Yeah. I was hesitant to bring this because I feel like Eddie would call the guy not a hero because of the whole Chilean <laughs> miners incident of no, 2012. He's not, a, he's not a hero. But we, but, but we know uh, why. I feel, like, I feel like the man proved a lot and he's a hero. In my, anyone who no. can survive on hot Taco Bell hot sauce I don't know what else. I I don't know what else he is if not a hero. No, I don't think he survived. It's fascinating. Not dying does not make you a hero. 
Right. That's true. For five days. Not dying for five days does not make this you a hero. This guy is the Bear grills of Fine. like fast food commuters. Like he's, <laughs> you know, like I want to see Bear grills walk into an Arby's with no money yeah. and and enough supplies in his glove box to survive in the wild for five days. Eddie, that's a hero. Uh, you don't if, know how many lives this is going to save. You don't know how many people are going to be driving through the Taco Bell window next week before a blizzard and say, you know what, give me a couple extra fire sauces. And why and there, does he keep his sauces in the glove compartment in the first place? Do y'all do that? Where else do no, you keep them? I don't go to Taco Bell once a year, maybe. I'm not keeping extra Cameron, condiments where in do the you, house. Right, oh, wh- Cameron's playing the healthy role this morning. Where'd you get breakfast, Cameron? Dunkin' Donuts. Hold on, hold on. None of you guys have none of you guys have condiments. Condiments in my car. You have you, none of you have any condiments of any t- type in your glove Zero. box. Zero. Yeah, mm-hmm. Eddie, you have. Eddie, now we, all we have is like kid snacks, just in case somebody gets cranky. Or like, 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 like a ketchup packet. You have none no, of that in your glove box. I do not. What is the glove box even for? Why do you even have? Registration in my car for five days. I have nothing to eat. There's no snack in my car, yeah. liquid uh, or me otherwise. Me uh, your, glove box, long, your glove box is for your license and re- or your registration yep. and, and some napkins, and that's it. Yes, Listen, when I'm running, in. when I'm yes. running the global six k, yeah. and these like you know. Lance Armstrong nerds are sucking down those energy gels, you yeah. know, little packets. Yeah. You're going to see me just popping down Arby's sauce and Taco Bell sauce. <laughs> like just a boost to the system. So this is science on my side. It just, right. The man survived, Eddie. You know, He's an American hero. You know, right. American I, hero. There right. are some things in my long marriage with Jesse that I've realized, like, you know, <laughs> we're not we're going to we're never going to get past this. We're never yeah. going to get past the definition so of a hero. So just stop we're never going to get your slices. We're never going to get past ham versus pork. We're never going to get there's some really old fights that are just a part of this stay. love. And yeah. that's it. So don't All right. further humiliate yourself. Tell us your slice. What do you have? <laughs> what, what do you have? Wait, Eddie? He couldn't even get it out without laughing. I like that. What do you have, Eddie? Well, because Jesse brought 11 slices, I'm going to make mine quick because mine is basically the most boring article in the world. It's a very long scientific article uh, that I will post somewhere. I have no idea where. Just Internet. Just check the Internet for my article. But um, (laughs) essentially what happened is, is they have figured out how to put nanoparticles, inject nanoparticles into the eyes of mice. And before anybody gets in an uproar, the mice loved it. They absolutely adored it. They got free superpower gave them. No, but don't mess up the punchline. So these nanoparticles allowed the mice to see infrared imagery. So basically they were able to see like um, like night vision. So do do it right. Because the human eye is a lot like the mouse's eye. Mice eyes. I'm not Uh quite sure which is the right way to do that. Mice eyes. Laps. Christian laps. (laughs) Less. <laughs> that's what, that's my Peepers. Peepers. Um, and the idea is basically they're saying like okay because this worked on mice there is definitely the possibility that the technology will be available for humans to be able to get an injection into their eye what of these nanoparticles that will last like two weeks that will allow you for a period of time to have infrared vision because basically all infrared is, is just opening up the spectrum of what is yeah. possible to be seen. And so um, 
I, and, and so they're saying like this could have military technology uses where you could just see in the dark. And I guess the question I have is how awesome is that? I, I guess that's the question from this. Awesome. I don't care what power it would give me. I'm not injecting anything into my eye. Like, I don't care. I don't care. Like, this will give you x-ray vision. This will let you see through walls. I'd be like, no, no you're not doing a needle to my eye. I don't care what the superpower Jesse, is. I did LASIK and it's the best decision I ever made. And they lasered both my eyes. Jesse, oh. I'm with you. I think in my entire life, I've maybe done eye drops twice. I can't handle anything ah. going near the eyeball. That's no. yeah. Really? Yeah. I had to wear what? mascara one time for a play that I was in and it took them like 10 times as long as wait, everyone else. Wait, wait, because wait, 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 wait. <laughs> let's let's just rewind that. yeah i don't think there's anything we missed there I think there's nobody shot the what was the play what was the production eddie it was cats i was <laughs> old yeah, yeah, deuteronomy was. we know this <laughs> <laughs> and, and you gotta wear eye or eyeliner is that the black line that goes around the yeah eyeliner, eyeliner. Yeah, liner. Yeah. cat liner yeah. and uh you know to kind of bring out the eyes because when you're singing you know, when you're singing your song, when you're singing your title song, you want to be able, the audience is going to feel it with what you express in your eyes. And That's you right. understand that. That's right. Um, right. But it took them forever because I just flinched, flinch, flinch, flinch. I couldn't. And then my eyes would water, flinch, flinch, flinch. Um, I can't imagine getting a shot into my eye. But if it gave me night vision, hmm. cool. Is it? Is it like glasses where you can turn the night vision on and off? I wonder if it's daytime. Is it like, no, no it's is like it going to mess up my daytime vision? Um, this, I'm sure it says that in the slice. (laughs) (laughs) So I would encourage you to go ahead. Can I I just give a, literally Eddie has had this in his inbox since Thursday. (laughs) Yeah, to be fair, that's exactly right. could have easily answered a question. So, yeah. right. But once I got past, you can see at night, I turned off my phone said, and I'm said, in. I'm, I'm, in. I'm ready to I, present I dedicate this my eyes to science. Do in it. front of thousands and <laughs> thousands want, of people. I want my eyes replaced with the eyes of a mouse. I don't care how tiny and weird they look on my face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what I'm saying is you can surgically implant my size on my face. Please that do it. Please, please do Not it. a problem. So anyhow, science, I think we can all agree on this. Yeah. It's, it's doing a lot for us. Very cool. Yeah, Very cool. All right, what do you have? What, what do you have, Annie? Well, I'm just here to be helpful, mainly. And we're uh, coming into that time where our friends who are college students will be doing a lot of studying. There's probably a lot of people out there who are listening that are writers like us, either writing um, books or sermons or, I don't know, stupid things on Facebook. Cats fan and fiction. Cats mm-hmm. fanfic. That's right. <laughs> there is a new research. Out. We're very research heavy today. There's a new piece of research out that says when you listen to music, it actually impairs your creativity. Totally. Do you guys listen? Do you agree, Eddie? Uh, I agree anecdotally. I so yeah. desperately want to be able to listen to like anything in the background, even if it's like classical or something right. when, yeah. I, when I write, but I cannot do it. And so yeah. I, but it doesn't, that doesn't mean it's factual just for me. I, I, yep. I can't do it. Um, really? So what they did is they put people with headphones and people without headphones and asked them a series of things to remember or to connect. Like they would say, okay, t- they tell them three words and say, tell us the word that connects them. So like dress, dial and flower and sundress, sundial, sunflower was mm. supposed to be where they got. And the people that were without music were far quicker and far more creative on their answers than the people with music. And so that, but that is actually surprising to me because when I'm writing books, I do listen to music when I'm editing. It's silent. So, but I was surprised that it, so the creative part for me, I can listen to music without words. I can't listen to music.
music of words. That's for sure true. So I, I thought that was interesting. Everybody, put your headphones down. Uh, Just uh, get to studying. I disagree with the methodology. If you want to tell me more, prove, they should have done Cracker Barrel brain teaser games with the little golf tees, the <laughs> ultimate test of human intelligence. Cracker Barrel brain teasers. I will say, though, I write and do creative things a lot better if I'm in an area with like a dull noise in it. So like if I really if I really need to dial in, I find the closest coffee shop and sit in a corner and mad. But I don't know if that's because I just don't want to be like it prevents me from slacking off or I don't know what it is. But that but I don't know why that noise works and music doesn't. I'm the same way. A little hubbub in the background. I need a low hum, which is why I do a lot of work in the hot tub. Um, it helps the sciatic. Your hot tub hot takes. Um, no, yeah. I get really, uh, you know, with I stop getting polite, start getting real in there. Oh, you know? no, yeah. I, <laughs> I, do my, I do my I do my best podcasting on the Lyme disease bus. It Man, is was, very confusing. <laughs> Jesse, I wish you would podcast from a hot tub. How funny would that be? I'd Putting be all your equipment to. in there. That's I'd be elect- happy to. It's a yeah. great way to get electrocuted. Yeah. yeah. I don't recommend it. All right. Well, that'll do it for Slices. Uh, Stay tuned. Up next, uh, Daz joins us, and uh, we talk to Joel McHale. episode is brought to you by Blinkist. Being able to practice mindfulness every day is something we all want to achieve. Some, sometimes it can be really hard when we're overwhelmed with work and other aspects of life. That's why there's an app I highly recommend, which might help you be more mindful every day. It's called Blinkist. It's the only app that takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down to just 15 minutes so you can read them or listen to them. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of the books quickly without reading the entire book. With an audio feature, Blinkist makes it so easy to finish four books a day while you're on the go. Eight million people are using Blinkist right now. It has a massive and growing library from self-help to business to health to history books. I've read several books on Blinkist, including The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, uh, Start With Why by Simon Sinek, and a bunch of others. Uh, right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for relevant podcast listeners. Go to Blinkist.com slash relevant to start your free seven-day trial. That's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash relevant to start your free seven-day trial. Thanks to Blinkist. All right. Well, welcome. we are welcoming our very own Tyler Daswick to the show. How's it going, everybody? Yes. Uh, so the new issue of Relevant has a lot of great content. One of the features that we have is with uh, Mr. Joel McHale. And a little behind the scenes, Jesse can attest to this. We have been trying to get Joel in the magazine for 10 years. Yeah. We, we, yeah. we heard through the grapevine that he was a Christian. Yeah. But he, but he didn't want to be outed as a Christian 
at the time. This is when community was in its heyday. Okay. And he didn't want to like be on the record talking about Jesus and all that stuff. So he didn't. So, so he kept rebuffing our inquiries. Okay. But now forcefully, very forcefully <laughs> and kind of personally, I don't know yeah. why. But, yeah, it was uh, actually like a very, hard very rebuff. hard. Yeah, rebuff. It was like, how does he know the name of our kids? I don't know, but it was really <laughs> uncomfortable that he used their names. Uh, well, he's a comedian and an actor and he recently kicked off a massive tour and he just signed on to star in the new comedy thriller called Happily. Well, in the brand new issue, the former host of The Soup and Star Community opened up about being a Christian in Hollywood, his devotion to his church and why he thinks Jesus would have liked The Soup. Yeah. Yeah. It was super fun talking to him. I love reality television. It is probably of all the movies and television I watch for this job. It's the worst aspect I get into just quality wise, but it is my favorite thing to talk about. And this guy is for over 600 episodes is on the soup delivering reality TV takes. It was the best. I loved it. Yeah, it was so good. And he was so good and precise and analytical Mm -hmm. about it. Almost Mm -hmm. like a sports comic. He's like an outsider on the inside. Like he remained detached. He uh, he was fully aware of how absolutely absurd this was, but he also fully embraced it. Right. Yeah. Right. And so on one hand, he is this reality TV trash culture expert but he also has this faith side to him that we wanted to tap into. So uh, that's that's where we uh, started with the interview. Let's hear what he has to say. I think Jesus would have been close to all those. I think he would have been right in the middle because of that stuff, because he was never one to faint away from anything. If he were here, he would be around the things that people would be, that most uh, elitist people would be like, oh, we don't do that. And he would be, he would be right there with, uh, in, in the muckiest muck. So he would have he would have been talking about the bachelor with us earlier in this podcast. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no doubt really the muckiest say. muck, the muckiest muck. Yeah, that <laughs> that that part of the interview had me super fired up. Chandler did a nice job cleaning that up because on the other end of the phone, I am oh. I am pumped. Oh, you're pumped. See, yeah. it's almost like the Devon Franklin one from last week, where Jesse's basically. Uh, his hype man throughout the interview. Yeah, so, I, so, I, yeah. It, it, it ended with me giving him a deep tissue massage while he delivered his final points because he was going so hard. Just, just rubbing him yeah. up. Just rubbing him up. Yeah, it just it affirms this idea that uh, Jesus can go anywhere that I think is so cool coming from him. Uh, so from there, we we kind of zoomed out a bit to talk about this broader conversation that, that's happening about uh, being Christian and being a Christian in Hollywood. We're hearing Chris Pratt and Letitia Wright and all these other people kind of step into that conversation. Uh, and so I asked him sort of for his broader thoughts. And this is when he got pretty fired up himself. Let's listen. I mean, everyone, I had so many times, you were like, hey, you live in Hollywood when you go to church. And I was like, yeah, what? You're like a lot of other people. Just like a lot of people are going to synagogues and a lot of people are going to mocks. Uh, I think there's a, uh, they think that there's a bankrupt morality in Hollywood. And I was like, no, 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 that's everywhere, dummies. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, you, you have you have preachers buying second private jets. Uh, so talk about bankrupt and uh, dis- delusional. So, uh, yeah, no, my, my wife and I have been, boy, since we moved down here since in 2000, when you were a seventh grader (laughs) or maybe even a second grader, uh, yeah, we, we love, we love that church and, and uh, I'm going to, uh, going to the pastor's, uh, double birthday, uh, or he and his wife, uh, they're, they're having their birthday this just on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, 
yeah, for me, it's been, you know, a lifesaver. And, uh, and that's why I'm dressed as Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Question. Are we sure that this is actually Joel McHale? He sounds nothing like Joel McHale. Do you really think that sounds sounds just like like him? You think so? Relaxed, but that sounds like him. I I love how he casually can like throw shade by calling Christians who criticize being a Christian in Hollywood dummies and then mega church pastors and then making fun of Daz, which I'm assuming you didn't tell him his age. He was just going from like your voice (laughs) and then also close. (laughs) (laughs) And then also throws in a great one liner, like off the cuff of why he's dressed as Jesus Christ right now. Like he was super funny and charming. That must've been a really fun interview Daz to talk to. Yeah, it was so fun. He was exactly as you would hope he would be. And I love that he brought, Brought the same kind of like dark dissection that he would bring on the soup to talking about church and church culture. Um, and so it was cool to hear him apply that specifically to talking about his church. Uh, he goes to um, this Presbyterian church in Hollywood and I asked him straight up uh, what it was like. And here he did kind of shift tonal gears uh, a little bit. So here's what he said about that. It's great. Uh, it's, uh, talk about diversity. Geesh, way more diverse than where I grew up. So it's good. That's that uh, wonderfully eye-opening, and it has the largest outreach to the homeless in Hollywood. Wow! And mm. yeah, it sounds like I'm making that up because I am. No, uh, <laughs> because because uh, it is, and it is a huge homeless outreach, and um, and because everyone again, everyone thinks Hollywood is some sort of glitzy place when it actually has a massive uh, homeless uh, issue and. And what's great is that uh, Hollywood Press absolutely um, reaches out to those people and embraces them, and they the, you'll they'll be in the services. It's great. I just I loved the idea mm. of a Hollywood celebrity kind of define what we would imagine to be like a very glitzy Hollywood church experience, yeah, yeah. and emphasizing that outreach to the it's homeless. Like, no, yeah, Hollywood is actually a really rundown area with a lot of oh, issues, man. and it's cool that that church that's in the midst of it and probably a historical church or long time been there is, is, is addressing. I've never seen more homeless people than I have like walking down. I don't know where the Hollywood walk of fame and stuff. Yeah. It's just like yeah. really yeah. intense there. Yeah, Skid so, Row yeah. is right in. Yeah. Right outside of Hollywood. Right. That's cool that his church supports that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and for the, for the final clip, what we, what we did talk about is kind of like press into why he prefers that sort of more humble, uh, traditional church setting that he gets at Hollywood press versus, uh, like a style, like, a mega church. And this is where he kind of just started giving his church takes, which was, which was really fun. Let's hear what he yeah. had to say. I would say it's a blend, but definitely there's a ritual and, uh, I was raised Catholic, so I really enjoy that ritual. Uh, I, the, I've gone to a couple of the, uh, big non-denominational ones and, uh, that was not my cup of tea. <laughs> uh, went to like I like a, tea. Like a huge yeah, no, I, 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 yeah. I've gone to a couple mega churches just because I was very curious. And uh, yeah, I, look, I, I I enjoy I enjoy the ritual, but I also enjoy uh, a progressive church, which uh, Hollywood Press absolutely is. And so uh, I think it's a common for me. It's a combination, and because uh, I think that ritual is ancient and wonderful, and, uh, and yeah, I I enjoy that. Um, but uh, other people, hey, they they like to uh, they like the movie seats. They like the <laughs> they like that when people get uh, 
the, the you know baptized, practically drowned, and uh, <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. That's all great if, if they like that. Uh, but it's yeah, I I love I, this is the this is the version I like. Isn't it? Isn't it cool? You can just tell that he uh, he has all these opinions and takes just sitting in his brain, yeah. and he was yeah. kind of just waiting to get them out. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, I like this because he's always Joel McHale. Like, even when he's doing an interview about church and God and, you know, yeah. faith, he's still Joel McHale. And he jokes that he's dressed as Jesus and likes busting the chops of the interviewer, like, good-naturedly, you know? Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. used to hearing celebrities talk so openly about, like, church and faith. And, I mean, I know there's more yeah. and more. And it's You should it's check a- out this cool magazine, Eddie, that... Uh- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was on the cover. I just like that he I like that he sounds like all my friends when we're processing right. what we like about uh, church. Like yeah. he just sounds like another guy in his 30s or 40s or whatever that it, that is figured out what he connects most with in a spiritual environment. I think that's super cool. Yeah. It reminds yeah. me a lot of John Brennan from season 2 of The Real World. <laughs> <laughs> he got real I'll about tell you his what, face. I just googled when he's coming to Nashville and put it on my calendar. I'm like, I'm going to go see John McHale do stand up. I can't yeah. wait to see him live. Oh yeah, my she gosh. did a great job on the piece too, man. It's yeah, a, was cool. it's a fascinating fro- profile. It's uh, yeah, yeah. It really was. And you should check it out. Uh, that was just a little, little taste. It goes mm-hmm. into some really interesting places. Uh, you can view the issue and view and read that article at relevantmagazine.com right now or pick up the new issue at newsstands nationwide. It's out. So Mine just showed up in the mail today. So I have it right here beside me. Yeah. I can't wait to read your piece, Daz. Hey, thank you. Yeah, thank it you. was fun. Uh, dream type of conversation for me. No doubt. There you go. Really? Your, neck lo- your neck looks great, by the way. You seem very strong these days. So huh. good for you, man. <laughs> Trying to take care of myself. Cool. <laughs> specifically so neck sweet. curls. Getting the neck nice and tight. Oh, man. Yeah. It is lit. Of, yeah, he does arms and back. Legs and the neck days, just full on. Well, neck all day. Day. well you know, you know, you go to the gym, you see the guys who neglect the the leg days. They're they're top no, heavy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, what yeah, you're not days. seeing, what you're not seeing, Eddie, is is Tyler's all neck, just all neck. It's <laughs> all like a neck. tree trunk on top of a popsicle popsicle yeah. stick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I hate to objectify you, but the temple is strong with you these days, my friend. So, well <laughs> Good job, mine in the temple of God. Beautiful, beautiful person. He certainly resides in you. All right, well done, man. Well done. All right, that's (laughs) Joel McHale. Uh, Stay tuned up next. Our (laughs) listener of the week joins us. This episode of the Relevant Podcast is brought to you by Libscom University. At Libscom University, their online programs are shaped by a commitment to creating a better future. And with multiple undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs to choose from, you can define what that future looks like. Plus, you earn the same academically rigorous degree you'd get on their campus with the flexibility to fit your life. Listen, at Relevant, we believe in you, the listener. We know you're ready to lead. So you can pursue your goals and a better world at Lipscomb Online. Visit lipscomb.edu slash online to learn more. That's L-I-P-S edu slash online. Man, Daz, he's like a renaissance man right there doing right. ad reads oh, and interviews. Yeah. And Utility player. That's, you that know, was his that's voice right. over. You know? yeah, yeah, that's his voice. Yeah. He's beautiful. He's All right. It is time for our listener of the week. Jingle. You listen to the show, and it's time to get to know you. It's the listener of the week. Indie rock remix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> All right. Joining us this week is, have we called her? Man. Like listener of the decade. Hold on. Hold on. Don't say anything. I'll, I'll wait. Is she, you guys call her yet? I'm calling her now. It's not actually a live show, dude. Like, I'm going to have to edit all of this, you know? Hello? Hey. Hi, how are you? Hey, Kiki. Hey, Kiki. Kiki. All right, we're going to bring you on right now. Okay, so listen okay. to the week. Okay, joining us this week is longtime listener, friend of the show. I mean, it's been years. Kiki Gibbs. Welcome I mean, to the show, everybody. Yes. Hi. Okay. Kiki, you sound enthused <laughs> and also the voice of a legend coming to us right now. It is. I'm actually really proud that, that Cameron's finally calling me by my new name and not my maiden name. Well, I mean, for a while he was pretty stubborn about yeah, that. Kiki what Pounds. was your maiden name? <laughs> Kiki um, Pounds. Oh yeah. Uh, That's a great name. Talk about it. Yeah. Pounds. It's yeah. a great name. It's a, um, it's a sturdy name. Kiki. <laughs> Kiki, oh, have you ever met Annie F. Downs? I have not. Is she there? She Until is. today. Yeah, I'm here. They're just talking so much. I'm just listening, Kiki. I'm just here. <laughs> yeah, Kiki has She's been really around. the only reason I called. If everyone else could be quiet, yeah, sorry, <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Kiki was on our um, live show. She like came up on stage during the ten-year show. Like, yeah. Kiki has been around for a long, long time right. and is a very, huh. very good person and very loyal uh, listener. So, Jesse, you Kiki. selected uh, Kiki as our listener of the week. Uh, did she sent in facts about herself? She said yes. we know facts about her over the years. What is the thing that caught your eye to bring her on as our listener of the week this week? Can I be honest with you? She has a couple that I want to talk to you, but the main one is we're getting ready for this uh, 6K. Yeah. Kiki has run. <laughs> listen to this. 50. Uh, I don't even. You're going to have to help me with the measurements here, Kiki. What you put is 50K <laughs> miles over 20 years. Is that 50,000 miles? Uh, Yeah. Wow. Uh, How are your knees? I'm tired. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you run three miles a day for years. You run like three miles a day. I think every day it's like a couple thousand miles a year or something. Uh, I started running when I was 11 years old. I was literally barrel shaped um, and hated running, but I went to a school so small it had no other sports. So I uh, did cross country. So I started when I was 11. Uh, have never gotten faster. Kiki, Still trying. Kiki, quick <laughs> follow up to that. What were you running from? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eddie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Kiki, I, I, I have a question here because I'm, I'm preparing myself and uh, my legs for a 6K that I want to run at a speed that will hopefully embarrass many listeners of this very I knew podcast. you're going to say embarrassed. And I've been, I've been Shame. trying a lot of unconditional training methods. If you had to give me one tip for running and I don't care if I get injured. Okay. That's not important <laughs> to me. I'm willing to sacrifice the body. What would your one training tip be from someone who's run 50 K miles over 20 years? Okay. Look, one of the best things I think I've ever seen in my life was at a gym. Cause I've spent a lot of time at gyms, uh, being miserable. Uh, <laughs> one time there's this man who I kid you not for at least an hour was running backwards as fast as he could on the treadmill and holding on to the sidearms wow. and he would trip occasionally and then just, just keep going. Oh my gosh. Um, I have no idea what he was doing or what he was training for, but I feel like 
he knows more than we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I like about that too yeah. is if I train this way, I could run this way. And that way it's sort of not only am I beating people handily, it's kind of a flex because I'm doing it backwards and I can make eye contact with them and see the defeat in their eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Okay, Kiki, you've also hiked the Appalachian uh, Trail and you said you had lots of stories. What's the weirdest thing you saw while hiking the Appalachian Trail? I love the Appalachian Trail. Oh, that I can talk about on this podcast? <laughs> I guess that, that that is appropriate for this podcast. It doesn't implicate you or someone you know in a crime. Or just right, right past I mean, appropriate. I did right turn right a corner once and saw just a man completely naked. Just completely naked in the middle of the trail. And we both Hi-oh. made eye contact. And I just kept walking. Like it was like I did sort of the head nod and just kept walking like nothing happened. Do you think he was just That's a mountain bizarre. person? Like a man of the like he was just <laughs> like a wild man? Like he just he just lived out in the forest like a, like an animal. Like no. what is your theory? I, you know, there? He was real pasty. It looked like <laughs> it, it looked like this, he had been completely naked in a while. So oh, I, wow. I no, oh, I don't wow. think he lived out there, but I, I didn't stop long enough to really ask him what he was doing yes well done good choice i have a theory there too because i'm putting myself in that scenario (laughs) and well here's my theory kiki of what happened to that poor man on the appalachian trail he was out (laughs) hiking with some buddies for a couple days and they all decided look there's no showers out of here we're each going to take a turn just cleaning up in the river and he and they're like all right frank you go first we'll turn around he gets it, lathers himself up, jumps in, leaves a pile of clothes. Friends take off with the clothes. They're oh. four miles up the trail. It's a hilarious <laughs> prank. And hilarious. that's probably what happened to that guy. But the fact that he was just standing there ominously, like staring at hikers <laughs> right. as they walk by is yeah. the moment when your friend, I believe you named him Frag. What did you name him? Frank. Frank. Okay. <laughs> I was like, Frag. That's when, that's when Frank realized something about himself, that he is, uh, he is really problematic. Right. Well, and I, I felt yeah. really safe though, like because he obviously had no weapon. Like there was, there's nowhere to hide anything. So I knew he couldn't really hurt me. Oh my god, Kiki <laughs> Downs That that is very true. All right, Kiki, you have been engaged three times, married only once, but uh-huh. had four <laughs> weddings. What? I don't understand oh, wow. the math on this. Now we know why she runs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you run? Were you a runaway bride four times? Yeah, but my husband kept coming after me, so I figured I should stick around. Yeah. Oh, what a guy! What a guy! <laughs> is that is that truly what happened? No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> You're like no, no, no. It's a deeply painful story that I. I'd rather not share on a podcast, but no, basically, yeah, good enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, he, he jumped a fence for me, ran after me in the middle of Europe. Uh, oh, no. Uh, and, and got me. So I was yeah. like, all right, this is true love. I can't, I can't keep bachelor, running. Little bachelor reference. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Kiki, four, four weddings. Uh, out of the, you had four, what, what made the best one the best one? Like, what was the coolest thing? You've had four uh, chances. I mean, they're all weird. So the first one, we got married in a courthouse and we didn't bring rings because we we're just getting married in the courthouse. And the judge got really angry and like made us find rings. So we had to go like find someone with a wedding ring to use for that one. Oh, nice. um, he got angry? Like, huh? why, would he get, why would he get angry? I don't know. It was weird. Oh. <laughs> right. I really don't know. No, he seemed to just, he's like, rings are really, I think it was a part of his speech. He had, he kind of gave a little thunder. like sermon as he married us. And part of it had to do with like a circle is round. It has no end. Oh, wow. And I think when we didn't oh. have rings, we threw them off. That uh. is groundbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> also, I, I've never pictured a judge not grumpy. Like that's yeah. like, seems totally in, in line with that profession. Yeah. 
But again, on the same track, my probably my favorite is my fourth one, which is a little uh, <laughs> unfair. So I became Catholic to marry my husband. Um, so we got married before I was Catholic. And after I became Catholic, you have to go through basically another wedding. And it's called a convalidation. Um, but apparently they, the Catholic Church considered and you're supposed to bring witnesses, um, which we didn't do, just like with the rings to the first one. So mm-hmm. I was eight months pregnant. I was huge pregnant. Um, no one was there and we had to pull in the secretary of the church. So I, yes. <laughs> I wish I had a picture cause it was sort of the consummate shotgun wedding. I was about to say that, but is, it looked just like a shotgun wedding. <laughs> really large pregnant woman and the church secretary and the priest, like just disappointed in everyone. Also, <laughs> also so a, per, a profession I associate with grumpiness, Catholic church receptionist. <laughs> yeah. Very grumpy. There, there is no joy in weddings. I've had four. <laughs> Kiki, you are the mystery of you deepens the more we know you. It, it, nothing has ever resolved in what I know about you. It just continues to just float adrift into your legend. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's great. The hard thing, the hard thing about this was coming up with stuff that I haven't told on the show before. I need to get a new podcast. <laughs> that hurt our feelings. <laughs> wow, that hurt really hurt our feelings. Hurtful, ladies and gentlemen. Keep out. Thanks for being on the show. We'll never talk to you again. No, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks to Kiki for joining us as our listener of the week. If you want to be a listener of the week on a future Tuesday episode, hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and send us three interesting facts about yourself. Uh, and and uh, Jesse will pick one of you. There you go. Kiki, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Kiki. It's always Bye, fun. Buddy. No problem. All right. <laughs> Kiki. Good luck. Okay. Well, thanks to Joel McHale for joining us. Remember, check out his feature in the new issue of Relevant. It's out now. You can view it at relevantmagazine.com. And if you want to subscribe, there's a special deal going on for Relevant Podcast listeners. Uh, you can get the first six months of the magazine for only $6 when you subscribe at relevantmagazine.com slash podfan. Go uh, check that out. I think you'll like the magazine. Um, also, uh, make sure to check out our new show, Relevant Daily. It's been a couple weeks now. Uh, we are actually literally today building a new set for it because it's going well and it needed more elbow room. So we're uh, building a new set for Relevant Daily. Make sure to tune in every day where we bring you the latest what you need to know at the intersection of faith and culture all in about 10 minutes. It streams on Facebook. It's on YouTube. It's at relevantmagazine.com. It's on Periscope. And there's an audio podcast that you can uh, subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts as well. Check it out. Well, on that note, we will wrap things up. Thanks to World Vision for making the episode possible. Remember to tune in to Friday's podcast for a big announcement about Team Relevant and the World Vision 6K for clean water. Also, thanks to Blinkist for making the episode possible. Right now, you can go to Blinkist.com slash relevant for your free seven-day trial. There you go. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap things. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. And I'm Annie F. Downs. We will see you on Friday. Have a good week, everyone.
Shop Amazon for last minute gifts. Great deals for everyone on your list. Gifts for mom and gifts for dad. Even for your sister and your brother, Chad. Ah, shoot, we didn't realize we were supposed to get a gift for our dog walker guy. We almost forgot about our dentist, Dr. Kerr. We didn't expect to get a gift from her. Or our cousin, I forget his name. He got us something nice, better reciprocate. For last minute deals on gifts for people you forgot. Get past the free shipping at Amazon. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.